0: I bees to pollinate. All right, I'm just winding you up, David Bellamy. Hiya. Oh, hi. Can I get a car into town, please? I'm having trouble with my Uber. Yeah, no problem. You see, higher technology is all very well in it, but when push comes to shove, sometimes the old-fashioned way is the best way.
1: Can't argue with that. Same story when I lost my phone last month. managed to find an old-fashioned phone box, which was a godsend.
0: Well, that's why Streetcars cars likes to retain our faithful home base right here.
1: Quite an overwhelming smell of urine, though. Sorry? The talk of the street, talk of the street, the talk of the street, talk of the
0: street, the talk of the
1: street, talk of the street, the talk of the street, talk of the street. Hello and welcome to episode 220 of The Talk of the Street, an unofficial Coronation Street Catcher podcast that thinks if you're determined to show characters play football on Coronation Street, the best way of showing characters play football on Coronation Street is by not showing us their feet, the ball, or the winning goal. I'm Gavin.
0: And I want to state for the record that I did not spit on Chris Pine. Yes, you did. But I'd like to.
1: Oh. Well, I think it was approximately six seconds into the... Two hundred twentieth episode. I think we went too far.
0: <laughs> the very best Chris of of the Chrises Right. It goes it goes. Pine Evans, Helmsworth, Pratt.
1: Which Evans? Chris. So I, I know three of them. Chris Evans. Yeah, but which Chris Evans?
0: Captain America.
1: All oh, right, not uh, TGI Friday, or Richard Herring's producer, Chris no. Evans. Not that one.
0: No. Okay. No.
1: Felt of the hot Chrises. I just felt it needed some clarification.
0: <laughs> How are you tonight? Well, I'm a bit shook up.
1: I think we're all a little bit shook up.
0: We're all shook up. I mean,
1: it's a Wednesday night to start with right. that we're recording this. Because right. on Friday, we're going to see Echo and His Bunny Men. Yes, we will. Live in Detroit, the Fillmore.
0: At the Fillmore. The historic the world Fillmore the theatre. Yes. Mm-hmm. Didn't we see... Is Is that where we saw... No. Okay.
1: Because I've never been.
0: I thought that's where we saw uh,
1: Toad. No, we saw Toad in uh, Royal Oak.
0: Oh. Yes. And then we saw just, just what's his name?
1: Glenn Phillips yes. in Kalamazoo.
0: in Kalamazoo at, at Bells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do remember we walked by the Fillmore.
1: That's right across from uh, right. Tiger Stadium. And
0: there was like a tribute it, on the... There was a tribute to Aretha Franklin because she had just died. Right when we were when we were there, going to Royal Oak. Ah, yeah. So we're recording
1: fun. this. I think we're only going to be talking about Monday and Wednesdays. Right. So theoretically, we should be in and out fairly quick with us. One would hope. That's what she said. <laughs> Who knows? She
0: never says that. But
1: it's been a strange old night.
0: On Wednesdays, we go to trivia. And at at our at our local restaurant, in in town, and this Wednesday happened to be the Wednesday that the the
1: bartender went full. I'm going to say crazy mental.
0: Oh, I was going to say uh, dog day afternoon.
1: I wouldn't say full dog day afternoon, but but close close right. Yeah.
0: So we had three different kind of police officers in front of the restaurant while we were trying to pay attention to trivia, and it didn't work out too much. We had a city cop, a, a county cop, and a state cop.
1: We just needed the feds and the army, and then we had the full set. And the UN. and <laughs> It's kind of left me a little United Shaken, Federation though. of Planets. Seen a, an actual brawl in a bar. Right. I've it's never seen a, a bar brawl before. Really? I don't think so.
0: You've I thought you'd Bet in fights Here? No In Back in Scotland And fights? Yeah Plural? Yeah
1: No I mean hit <laughs> I wouldn't go as far As to call them <laughs> fights Fights suggest uh, The participation back. of at least Two of the participants I've been a- assaulted before But I don't really I don't really get in fights and I might should talk Away with them Would you believe
0: <laughs> Is that before or after They hit you? <laughs>
1: Uh, let's say before (laughs) yes it's it's been a strange old night
0: yes yes so we're we're a little off kilter although i had that chris pine joke lined up already
1: well i'm glad you clarified (laughs) because i'm sure everyone's wondering i mean if they'd seen a fight how could you possibly have a chris pine joke at the ready (laughs) there you go listeners light (laughs) and upon magic
0: ah god it the only way we could be experiencing more drama if we is if we were in Venice ourselves at the film festival.
1: That's an interesting segue.
0: Well, that's where Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine,
1: allegedly. Oh, I think I saw a meme where somebody threw a goat at somebody. Is that the same thing? Yes. Right.
0: Yes. And Dan has already, you know, put, put <laughs> Billy in there somehow. Of course
1: she has. Of course <laughs> she has. I'd be disappointed if she hadn't. <sighs> I'm... I'm itching to move on from this. Yes. So yes. I'm going to ask you if you would like to preamble, my dear. Yes, please. Then give us some of that
0: pugnacious <laughs> Corey
1: news. That'll do.
0: In what's being described as a Marvel level stunt, speaking of Chris's, Corey is going all Hollywood by adding a volume wall technology for Kelly's last storyline, and perhaps if it goes well, they'll use it again. Welcome to the CSU, Gav.
1: <laughs> the Coronation Street Cinematic Universe.
0: Well, the that CSCU. would be the yeah, that would be the CSCU, and like. that just seemed like because the the DCEU is annoying to say. So,
1: how about the? coronation universe new technology
0: they're really talking this up they're talking it up I would say a little too much how do you feel about this?
1: I think they're quite proud of it and and sure go for it what I've seen of a volume wall looks like it's one of those big semicircular screens essentially that's on a stage or whatever that gives the impression that you're
0: it's a concave green wall essentially
1: right, right So.
0: So do you do you think do you think CGI sort of technology has a place within soap operas? I
1: would like to know what Vera Duckworth would say about something like this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, you move with the times I guess a little bit. I'd yeah. like to see it overused because things like guns and things like right stunts and you know we we bristle a little bit at fancy sound effects right so to use massive green screens kind of feels like it's going against the the essence of the show
0: right and how many stunt people are we putting out of work by using them and and other people
1: yeah and i'm not sure how much that weighs for me
0: well and it's just i remember i remember the star wars prequels
1: I'm trying to forget them.
0: Where it got to a point by the end of them that they were just kind of cgi and everything, including, like, chairs and tables oh, in yeah, the Oh, yeah, things that they don't need to
1: CGI, yeah.
0: Right, absolutely. And I'm just worried that in order to make this cost-efficient, that it's, they're going to be using it for more things that they don't need to use it for.
1: These seem to be nighttime scenes, though, and typically... The nighttime scenes look like regular scenes through a blue filter, so if it looks a little bit better than that, I think I'm maybe for it. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think if there's a if there's a practical way to shoot something without having to rely on yeah. CG, then they should probably do it that That's way. That's
0: always the best way to do it, mm-hmm. whether it's a Marvel movie or Coronation Street or
1: a Friday the Thirteenth movie. <laughs> always go with a practical. I'll always usually. go with
0: practical effects. I think. A lot of people boobs. Are, are kind of burned out by boobs and, right. <laughs> and CGI and, and stuff. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, for the record, there are, there are other movies and television shows that use a that use, uh, volume wall, not, not just Marvel. I, I just thought I would say that. And there are American soap operas that have used them.
1: Yeah, I don't, don't think Coronation Street's claiming to be oh, at the cutting edge here. I- are
0: Ian, Ian says that he thinks that they're the first soap opera to ever use a volume wall. Oh. I don't think he's right. First British? No, he says, any.
1: I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I'm determined to give him the benefit of the doubt. He
0: also said something about American savannas. So, he's just very excited and it's very sweet that he's very excited and right. I hope it works out well for them i personally am a little nervous about it but that's just me we got to meet mrs fake canadian this week but did you know that she was once the wife of another Corey conman yes yes helene maksud played mrs duncan radford before she played mrs stephen reed now can you
1: remember what was wrong with me she had a she, she, was she? Was she, she was faking a disease. Was she
0: faking it? She was supposed to be dead, but she was living in Costa Rica Costa instead. Rica, that's right. Costa Rica raises its head once again on this television show.
1: She I was supposed to be
0: dead, but she was in Costa Rica.
1: I would say two mentions of Costa Rica and two separate storylines in four years.
0: Right, because that was 2019.
1: It's probably too many.
0: Right. There, there are other tropical islands one can go to.
1: <laughs> wow! But she <laughs> is Canadian.
0: Is she? Mm-hmm. I, I knew she wasn't British.
1: Yeah, she's Canadian.
0: Yeah, actual Canadian, not actual, not Ohio Canadian.
1: Bleeds maple syrup, Canadian.
0: Not you know, my parents swam across Lake Erie to give birth to me, and then they swam back. No,
1: Canadian. No proper Canadian. Proper Canadian. Proper Canadian bacon.
0: Yes, she bleeds poutine.
1: Oh, they stick with maple syrup.
0: <laughs> and finally, Mazel tov to former Quarry star Richard Fleishman and his future bride, Selind Schoenmacher. The former Craig Harris proposed last week wearing a cowboy hat on an African safari.
1: Just wearing a cowboy hat?
0: Well, he was wearing clothes as well. Okay. Just. No details on which country in Africa it was.
1: Costa Rica, probably. <laughs>
0: it's like pet peeve two or three of, of the night for me already and no black eyeliner to be seen which is a joke about him Craig Harris was
1: always better when you explain the jokes <laughs> always better
0: was a goth kid
1: yeah no well, we're doing a Coronation Street podcast
0: I know I know I expected you to laugh
1: oh sorry I reserve that for things that aren't funny I'm sorry <gasps> oh! Oh ouch!
0: Oh, oh, oh. And that's Corey News. That's Corey News. Someone sleeping on the couch
1: today. <laughs> Our mailbag. I'd like to point out that we've picked up another five-star review last week on the iTunes. <laughs> Woohoo! That I didn't write, with the <laughs> title "Honestly, just amazing." Ah. This is from Gail Platt loves olives, which is a name that I absolutely adore. <laughs> My firstborn is going to be called Gail Platt loves olives. I'm leaving that a little late. It's
0: a little late for
1: that. They're right. I like to listen to podcasts as I'm going about my day, and this one is by far my favorite. been able to hear a catch-up of this week's Coronation Street combined with the hilarious banter. And they haven't put hilarious banter in inverted commas, so I think they mean it. It's just fab. Great work, guys. Thank you so much. Gail Platt loves olives. us oh, a, a lovely How
0: lovely is that? A lovely
1: comment to receive.
0: Yes, we should we should be getting more of those because people claim to love us.
1: I encourage more people to write five-star reviews with lovely things.
0: Yes, please. Yeah that's very nice all
1: about the validation
0: yes and the olives
1: <laughs> and now we'll podcast for coffee thanks to jackie for our coffees this week
0: thank you jackie
1: jackie right still love the podcast that cost a living crisis going on means i haven't been able to donate for a while but here you go Love you both from Jackie. Ah, thank you so much, Jackie. And honestly, I appreciate this whole cost of living thing. I know that we are quite a few miles from from the UK. Yes, but you know, I think it's biting everybody, right? Yes, so, absolutely. So we
0: we've we, seen those ridiculous articles being published in in UK periodicals about why actually it's a good thing to skip a few meals every once in a while yep. and turn your air conditioning off well, and
1: it's biting over here as well like the cost of stuff is it's going up so i think this goes without saying but there are more important things than buying us coffee right
0: although we do appreciate
1: it we absolutely appreciate it yes and i don't want anyone to think that we don't but you know priorities and that right
0: right yeah
1: but thank you very much jackie and if <laughs> after doing my best to put you off if you think that this <laughs> Podcast of ours is worth any more than the time it takes to listen to it. You can buy us next week's coffee by going to kofi.com. That's ko-fi.com slash the talk of the street, and we will be very appreciative, won't we, Helen?
0: Yes we will.
1: And now this
0: oh welcome welcome
1: welcome Oh, welcome to last year tonight with me john oliver just enough time to quickly talk about massive cactus
0: they're not talking about what's in your pants are they
1: <laughs> they definitely aren't talking about what's in my pants
0: <laughs> that's what you're supposed to say that's right
1: <laughs> uh, I, I just couldn't carry that off
0: you have stood by a massive cactus this summer. I'm
1: pragmatic, if nothing else. Um, yes, I have.
0: Yes. And it wasn't the one near. your
1: and it wasn't the one in my van's. <laughs> Although I have been told that I'm prickly. This is true. Or just a prick. I'm not sure which. Both. That's right. This was Emma worried that Curtis's heart had packed in uh, loading the moving van with a massive cactus. Remember, Curtis had a massive cactus. Oh, an that's actual right. actual an actual massive cactus right i was Gavin and you were fucking furious
0: why was i furious I have no idea I, i'm trying to remember what was going on this time
1: last year well you had some kim's convenience still to watch
0: oh that's right i did
1: the kids were back right but we never see them
0: no and i've got done true.
1: for speeding on the ohio turnpike coming home from connecticut <laughs> you're welcome but you were furious. I think you were just generally in a bad mood or something. Right. Hope returns to school after trying to kill Alina and when Fizz gets a call from the school to inform her about an incident, I think we're all well within our rights to jump to some conclusions here. It's moving in day for Emma and Curtis except neither Curtis nor his massive cactus are anywhere to be found. As Eileen discovers the truth about Phelan's ashes, we enter into the 19th phase of her wanting nothing to do with Todd or The Undertaker. The trial reaches oh this is why you were furious oh, oh the trial yeah. reaches its conclusion as abby and imran desperately try to find that key piece of evidence to prove itv Corey guilty and kelly innocent simon's girlfriend hopes take a hit tyrone is outsmarted by a 10 year old poor simon and stefan's panic button works our moment of the week was roy and dev talking about their daughters and their boring moment of the week was elena looking at pictures of romania And that Hmm. was Conation Street and the talk of the street. This time last year, yes, you were really annoyed at the way that the trial went Yes, last year. I think we all were.
0: So in this show, we've had a Steve. We currently have a Stephen. And we've had a Stefan. Mm -hmm. And not like the good um, Bill Hader version of Stefan from Saturday Night Live, a show you you don't watch.
1: Hitting the references (laughs) left and right tonight. Remember, we saw a crime be committed earlier tonight that's why we're a little off
0: we did and also the the waitress well actually the bartender the the one who got in a fight immediately afterwards accidentally gave me a regular heineken instead of a heineken zero (gasps) maybe that's why she was so angry with herself (laughs) that she just went nuts right or maybe that was a precursor to her going nuts
1: yeah who drinks heineken zero we do we do it's actually pretty good
0: it's nice that uh it's nice that um the rovers now carries it so we would have something to drink there on
1: draft as well yeah you can get a pint of it lovely shall we dive in my dear yes please our first storyline tonight is postman sam and i think this is pygmalion no no
0: no pygmalion is my fair lady
1: yeah for somebody's pretending to be something that they're not no no
0: No, Pygmalion is where the rich professor takes the poor flower seller and tries to make a lady out of her. I'm determined to get... Just you white. Henry Iggins, just you white.
1: I'm determined to get a Pygmalion story. This week's Coronation Street. This isn't the one. No. On Monday, Sam and Hope are heading to school. Sam's got his knickers in a knot about a presentation that they're having to do. Hope, though, is cool as a cucumber. As always. She's just going to riff it on the night. He's going to do his presentation on chess yes. and he's expecting not to get a kicking.
0: She's, she's doing it on the, the computer game that she plays with the mysterious bulldog person. Mad Dog. Mad Dog.
1: Is it Mad Dog? I think I called it something else.
0: I think it is Mad Dog. Mad Dog 2020. Right. Oh God, remember that?
1: <laughs> Vaguely. Drunk from I the remember,
0: feet up. I remember drinking that in cornfields growing up. Well, not growing up, but in high school. Were you drinking it in cornfields?
1: I drank it at work.
0: <laughs> Does anybody that you worked with at the time listen to this? Could you still get in trouble for this? Because technically you still
1: work for the same company? I was no, it's not the same company anymore. Um no, it was the Christmas party thing. That, oh, okay.
0: That's so like st- when I was drinking vodka with Russians, you were drinking mad dog at work.
1: That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> He doesn't get a kicking, but as they're walking home, some bigger looking boys approach him in hope and they pretend to be dead interested in his presentation. Sam is shite at reading body language and sarcasm, so offers to teach the boys chess later at Roy's. How sweet is that kid? He's sounds so sweet. Sounds great, says the leader of the bigger boys, except he says it like this. Well, that sounds great. And then rolls his eyes at the other kid. Sam has set up just the two chess boards and Roy's thinking that will cope with demand. But then Hope comes in and tells Sam that the boys are playing footy at the Red Wreck and they won't be coming to his chess tutorial after all. So sadly, Sam packs away stuff, moaning that he never fits in anywhere. Bernie tries to lighten the mood by talking about a time when she was at a rave at the age of 14 and ekied out of her tits.
0: Right, yeah. That's a great story to tell the kids, Bernie.
1: Good times, she says. And then there's a little scene or a little moment where Sam says, what's a rave? And Hope says, I've no idea.
0: Which is good. It's good that they don't know what one of those is.
1: Hope says, chess and astrology aren't going to get you anywhere. But stick with me, kid. I'll make you cool. So on Wednesday, at the so, bus stop. So
0: this is a wicked reference, then. When Glenda the Good Witch says to Alphaba that she's going to make her...
1: Popular. Yes. Popular.
0: Good job.
1: Thank you. On Wednesday, at the bus stop, Hope tells Sam that the way to become popular is to play video games. So Sam invites Liam and Jack to a challenge at the flat later.
0: Yes, because Liam and Jack are very cool.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, one has asthma and one is missing a leg. Which I guess makes you cool. Maybe. The boys are at the flat. Sam isn't playing and is instead writing these letters Nick and Hope pressure him into playing but he's shite and Jack, who is playing computer games with one hand and shaving with the other (laughs) is still able to wipe the floor with him This game's stupid, says Sam and Liam and Jack are not impressed by this No So, Liam and Jack are pricks to Sam about football and how he knows nothing about it Right, and they
0: say you probably play Minecraft like Minecraft isn't cool
1: i don't think minecraft is cool anymore is it minecraft will always be cool (laughs) they reckon that Jelena will would be better at football games than him and then they give him a hard time about writing shite letters to her nick is actually in the room during all this and he watches all it happen and the thing that he's bothered about is the contents of the letter not the fact that his son is being bullied right in front of him
0: by his own friends
1: sam's friends have left later and nick wants to get a takeaway Sam points out that all they do is eat takeaway And it's upsetting his ablutions in the morning He wants to post his letter because it's romantic Nick suggests writing swak on the back and then burst into tears For no reason
0: Right and, and Sam says Gag me with a spoon
1: Right.
0: Oh. Have you ever written Swalk on the back of a letter?
1: I think so on a Valentine's card When I was a kid probably yeah Sealed with a loving kiss
0: See I don't think we ever did the loving It was just sealed with a kiss
1: Swack Swack. Well, if there's no L on it, it's more swack, isn't it?
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: Hmm. By maybe, you mean definitely, right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when I went away to camp, my mom would <laughs> write sealed with a kiss on the back of oh, yeah. letters. Is that creepy? No. Huh. What, your parents never kissed and hugged you?
1: They never <laughs> sealed my letters with a kiss and then bragged about it. No.
0: <laughs> so they didn't love you. <laughs>
1: I don't think my dad did, no. Should I be for another podcast. Should I be lying down for this? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm sure my dad was quite fond of me. What was that <laughs> and, thing? In small doses.
0: What was that ridiculous thing your mother criticised you for when you were five?
1: Oh, I couldn't spell my last name. <laughs> and I, it was before I was five. I'm sure it was. it was one of my first memories. When I wrote down my name.
0: Right, and you were so and proud. And showed
1: her mum, mum, look, I've written my name, and she said, "There's two O's in the broom." <laughs> Thanks, mum.
0: That's how she showed love, though.
1: And you, and you wonder why I turned out like this. Anyway, <laughs> okay. what you, do you think of this Pygmalion story? Then
0: it's not Pygmalion; it's wicked. We've already established that.
1: So. There was a kind of mystery last week about Sam and his letters, but right. it seems that this is who he's writing to. I don't think and I that's think, who
0: he's writing to,
1: or he's uh, he's pitching the, the sale of this right. as the reason why, I because it's right. romantic, because it's right. a nice thing to do.
0: Right, but he might be the lying. Forgotten, the forgotten, although art Sam of doesn't writing. lie, not well.
1: Who's he writing to then?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Why is Hope so invested in? sam being popular why can't she just be friends with him the way he is i thought that's why she liked him because he was a little weird i don't like hope trying to change people that's Hmm. not cool
1: no but that's hope though i think she sees him as a bit of a project doesn't she
0: yeah i liked it better when they were just you know talking on their walkie-talkies and he was the she was the only one he would talk to and they she was the are, only one who seemed to like like her and not be afraid of her.
1: They are an unlikely friendship.
0: Yeah, it's a good friendship, though.
1: Mostly, yeah, I like the two of them together. I think they're they're quite funny, and I think the the little bit of banter in the the cafe was really good. I don't <laughs> think Bernie was hilarious mm. telling completely inappropriate stories to them.
0: Do you think this is a sort of st- storyline that that a that is? Appropriate for a soap opera? A story about middle schoolers getting bullied at
1: school? I don't know if that's what it's about. Because it looked like that's what was going to be on Monday. It's like, oh, oh, here's these big kids. Right. They're going to either steal the board or steal the pieces or somehow beat some up. But they just didn't bother turning up.
0: Right. Which is mean.
1: It's mean, but it's preferable to physical assault. Right. As we saw tonight.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: You would think that. If, uh, it looked all the world to me that this is going to be a bullying story. Right. But I don't think that the show is treating Liam and Jack's reaction to Sam as bullying. Well, no, not Liam bullying. and Jack.
0: Yeah, not Liam and Jack. Even
1: though they were kind of shits to him in right, his own house. But you
0: know what? He was kind of shitty to them too, saying the game was stupid. I mean, that's not a very gracious thing to say either. But they did they did seem to come to an appreciation of the fact that he did know about actual football.
1: He knew Marcus Rashford and he knew David Beckham. Right. Because he manages to bend bend it like himself. Right. Or something.
0: Yes. Bend it like Beckham. It it's interesting to me that they're kind of giving a a storyline to this group to this age group of kids that's not really involving the grown-ups too much. And this is like the first time it feels like that's happened where there's a storyline for this age group with very very little you know because all the, all the other stories are kind of grown up more grown up adjacent
1: mm.
0: you know like Sam's storyline the reason why he lost his voice is cuz his mom died because of you know Harvey right and stuff so there was a storyline about Sam but it was because of stuff that grown ups were doing and while I can kind of, while I appreciate, like, the high schooler and the 18-year-olds getting their own storylines and stuff now and, and becoming full-fledged characters, it, it's interesting that they're going a step even further down,
1: hmm. you know. Yeah, and think, well, I think these two can carry that off.
0: So. Yes, absolutely.
1: Have I mentioned that we're not covering Friday in this episode? Yes. Have I? We're not covering Friday in this episode. Well,
0: I think it will be obvious when people are listening to it on Thursday that we are not right. time travelers, and sure. we have not watched Friday. Yep. If the show would like to send us the episodes in advance so that See, we can be why prepared the for box Friday, setting
1: would have been a, an ideal right thing for to us. have, right? Yeah, right. So, who knows what's going to happen on on, on, Friday. on Friday? If anything, you know, that doesn't feel like it's one of those burning. A-line stories. That, you know, this isn't the main story of anything, I don't think. Not right now. Moving on, our next story is Canadians Behaving Badly. Woohoo! On Monday, Daisy's back.
0: Yay! I was
1: actually pleased to see Daisy back.
0: Good. I'm glad.
1: So, what a progression that has been for this right, character. Right, because used to hate her. Absolutely des- detested her. She was right. a terrible character.
0: Whereas I always said that she was good and I was right.
1: I don't think she was good as she was. I think she's good. Now as she is, right. So I don't think you were right at the time. I think you're you're right now, and I think I'm right now as well. Mm-hmm. So I better cause they've toned her down a little bit. She's not quite as nasty as she was. Anyway, she's back from her Hindu, and it's through the back with Leo and Jenny. And she asks if she must anything Well, says Jenny, I'm engaged to move to Canada, mm-hmm. y'all. But apart from that, same old, same old. Yes. Leo mentions the bumps along the way that they've experienced, and Jenny is quick to point out that they'd also split up for a day, right? Which is like her trying to justify we were what happened. We on a
0: break.
1: Thank you very much. Meanwhile, Sarah bumps into Stephen outside Roy's Rolls and tells him about a meeting that she has today with some potential investors who specialize in female entrepreneurs. Yes, keep me updated on that, says Stephen. Not,
0: not a female.
1: No. Back in the Rovers, Jenny can't keep it in any longer, and she spills the beans to Jenny about winching the face of Stephen when she and Leo were split up.
0: And Daisy makes a face of horror.
1: After Daisy has stopped throwing up, she advises that Jenny keeps her mouth shut about this and never tells Leo. They were on a break, so forget it. Later, she bumps into Stephen and it's awkward until Stephen tells her that if she's worried about him blabbing, she needn't be concerned. His Canadian lips are sealed. Jenny wanders away, but in a passing car toots its horn at Stephen. Hiya, stranger, or should I say hubby, which is totally something that somebody would say. Right. Hi, stranger, or should I I mean hubby?
0: Right, yeah. She's pissed, though, so I get it.
1: And it's Duncan's sick wife, May, from a few years ago. (laughs) Only this time, she's speaking in Canadian.
0: Yes, as she should.
1: This is Gabrielle. I don't think May spoke the last time, did she? We saw her i think she spoke i can't remember i need to go and check
0: but so, she was speaking in costa rican
1: <laughs> right ay caramba it didn't take much to track Stephen down because of course it didn't
0: right yeah it's the street that your sister lives on
1: right but she tells him that he, he owes her 200,000 euros from the money that he embezzled out of her company, she says, right. not their company.
0: Right. Her company, her company.
1: And she wants it back pronto, or she's heading to the cops. Capiche, Stephen capiches.
0: All in his pants. <laughs> and has to go and buy another one of Imran's a,
1: dead suits. Not another one. Imran's wife fronts. Hmm. <laughs> not bad. Not bad at all.
0: I don't think Imran wears wife fronts.
1: And now, poof, as as that little cloud of perfection just dissipates.
0: Boxer briefs like you, which are much sexier.
1: This exchange puts Stephen in a desperate mood. So when he bumps into Sarah and Nina's roles, who is preparing for a meeting with the sexist entrepreneurs. They're not
0: sexist!
1: He suggests that she puts his name down as a partner if she thinks it'll bolster her application.
0: Right, like it will give her a better image if a man's attached to it. Not not
1: just a man, a white man.
0: (laughs) Who's her uncle. Yeah, that's going to look really good with the, you know... you know hoping to promote female entrepreneurs so yeah
1: this, this is a point right
0: what, the fact that she agrees to this Yes, yeah, she
1: thinks it's a great idea
0: yeah what is what is why are they dumbing her down so much
1: they arrange to meet in the pub after which they do where sarah wastes no time in telling him that they won't be investing she has a lack of experience plus it was for female entrepreneurs who don't have canadian uncles she promises not to give up, though. But it seemed that Stephen was trying to suddenly get in on this. Right. In the hope of getting some money out of this. Right, yeah, this which is thing, why right?
0: he's been bug- why he's been encouraging her in the first place. Right.
1: But this puts Stephen further into a bad mood, so when Leo comes over to chew the cud about his business and potential for some deals on the Canadian side, Stephen is less than gracious. Jenny senses this and shushes Leo away, allowing Stephen to kind of, but not really, threaten Jenny. Telling her to keep her being Labrador away from him because seeing him makes him feel guilty. And the thing he doesn't say after that is that who knows what he might say if he feels too guilty. And I think it's at this point that we start to think that maybe there's a little bit of blackmail going to happen at mm. some point in the storyline.
0: I see Leo Moore as a great dame. He's a bit bigger than a Labrador.
1: He's an Afghan hound every day of the week.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. He's got the he's got the chin of a Great Dane, though.
1: Jenny's a red setter.
0: What we would call an Irish setter here in America, I believe.
1: Not that's not an Irish Wolfhound, though, because she's not an no, Irish found. No,
0: an Irish setter mm-hmm. with long, flowing red hair.
1: And Stephen <laughs> is a Canadian pug.
0: No, he's a don't don't say such things about pugs, who are delight. Johnny was a pug. Stephen is a rat. He's not even... I wouldn't even give him the name of dog.
1: No, I'm kidding. He's got lovely cheekbones. (laughs) He does. Very pronounced. (coughs) On Wednesday, in the factory, Stephen, who doesn't work at the factory, is interrupted by Sarah from looking at some of the legal documentation that he's brought in for some reason. But it looks like he's trying to get power of attorney over Audrey's stuff. This isn't the stuff that that uh, Adam drew up, is it? No, this looks different. Because have, that wasn't power of attorney; oh, that was yeah
0: controlling her trust.
1: This is uh, off the off uh, the
0: internet. He had to print it print
1: off because off there's a. This costs seventy nine bucks to file or whatever.
0: Right, yeah, and didn't he asked to? He asked to use the factory, and then. Sarah says something to Carla about making Stephen a set of keys and Carla says, yeah, all right.
1: Oh, no, that happens later.
0: Yeah, but still.
1: And I don't think it's make him a set of keys. It was to give him keys to get access to the factory. But we're getting ahead of ourselves here, Helen. There may have been some mention here of the time that Nick and David tried to rip Audrey out of her money to set up the barbers, but I kind of missed that and I was in a hurry trying to type all this up. So that might have happened. In the hair salon, Stephen has a place himself and has found some paperwork with Audrey's signature that looks like it was written with her foot. (laughs) Stephen practices forging it when his wife calls and he tells her that he has a foolproof way to get her her money back when Audrey wanders in, want to know what he's talking about. Right. Flustered, he says, it was just work banter and he was just catching up on paperwork and he changes the subject to David and Nick ripping her off. She doesn't want to talk about that, but confirms that he is the only person that she trusts right now. Yikes. So yeah, and the... And the Rovers, he claims to have forgotten his briefcase or something like that. So he asks for the key and Carla says, sure. So he goes back to the factory and it looks like he's about to feed some power of attorney documentation, paper clipped no less, right, in, into a shredder.
0: Right. And I was shouting, you can't put a paper through that. <laughs> right. No, but...
1: I don't think it does though.
0: No, but it, yeah, when, you know, he asks for the keys to go get his briefcase and then Sarah says to Carla, we should really make him a set of keys.
1: Oh, that happened? Yes. Oof.
0: And Carla says, yeah, all right. And I'm like, what's going on here? What Twilight Zone episode have I stumbled into here?
1: <laughs> very poor one.
0: I think Carla was very flustered because of stuff that was happening in other storylines story this yeah. week. Yeah. So, so she was being a little bit more easygoing with people. And also maybe because of the whole silk thing
1: so gabrielle's back and she's on a car and i and i think the same car one would hope that that's our rental car right yes she's not bought a car no she doesn't live in the uk no she lives in milan
0: one would one would imagine
1: stephen promises to get her, her money telling her that uh, he's going to borrow it from his mum robbing peter to pay paul says his wife or rather robbing mum to pay your missus and she agrees to accept £200 less than she's owed so Stephen can go and buy himself a decent fucking suit. There's nothing wrong with that That's suit. There's
0: nothing wrong with that suit. This is, the first per- this is the second person who's complained about this suit. Yeah, and, and we're made supposed fun to of look it. at that
1: suit and think, what a terrible and suit. And the
0: first one to mock it was David, of all people, who I don't think we've ever seen in a suit.
1: Yeah, I think I trust uh, Gabrielle's opinion on it, though. She seems to know what she's talking about.
0: Right, but... Maybe not, because she seems to think he could get a Gucci
1: suit for $200. No, she said you won't get a Gucci suit for it. Or you won't get a Prada, but th- but you're not quite the devil yet. Was the little, the devil wears Prada joke.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: yeah. And we all laughed like the penguin.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> as far see, as we get. That's the only way to
1: laugh. That's as far as we get with that one this week. So, Stephen's desperation from last week's kind of boiling over into mm-hmm. this week as he's...
0: Yeah, as his wife... Shows up. Mm-hmm. She hasn't confronted him about that credit card yet, though. No. Does she know about that yet?
1: I'm curious about the fact that it's her company, not their company, because we're led to believe that he's a successful businessman. Right.
0: But we know he's not because he's broke. Mm-hmm. So is it from her company that he got that silk from?
1: I don't think so. I think it was a UK-based company, wasn't it? Because it arrived that day. Yeah. So it can't be Canadian.
0: Or Italian.
1: No, not after Brexit. I think we've we've been down this road before.
0: Right. Yes. Especially not during the Venice <laughs> Film Festival.
1: <laughs> Particularly not during that. Yeah, it's that's an awful lot of money. So what's happened to that money?
0: Right, because he doesn't have it anymore.
1: Two hundred thousand. Yeah. Wasn't Nick in the hole for seventy? Because this is a Nick storyline right, from yeah. a few years ago. Play, right. Play yes. it out again right secretly married i think scripted scene had a little list right yeah of all the things
0: it's the exact same storyline
1: yeah except in in canadian
0: right yeah yeah. and stephen is not as likable as nick even at the time
1: nick at that time was a bit of a cad wasn't he he was a bit of a bounder
0: he was but he was a likable yeah he was
1: likable because he was trying to get back into Leanne's pants at that point. Right,
0: yes. Yeah, so he came back because Leanne almost died. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of sweet. On top of the embezzling your grandma.
1: <laughs> right. So he was ripping off his wife and then ended up trying to rip off his granny. Right. Nick all is for, a piece of shit. Right?
0: All for the love of Leanne.
1: They're each other's lobster.
0: They are each other's lobster. We've, we've established this.
1: Yeah, I liked... Uh, Gabrielle, though I'm glad that she came into the show. It was, uh, it was good to have that little bit of uncertainty. Right. But know that was nice to see <laughs> Duncan's May again. Right. And she's um
0: apparently she's on Bridgerton as well. I haven't watched the yeah, second I've, season. I'm
1: sure I've seen her in other things. She kind of reminds me of the uh the mother from How I Met Your Mother a little bit. Yeah, but she's not. No, she's not. But. She reminds me of her a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I've seen her in some some other things as well. She's very good. It's good e. to have her back in it. E. We're, we're getting to the point where something has to happen here. Right, yeah. I do think he's going to start blackmailing Jenny. Because the opportunity is there. Why wouldn't right. he? Right.
0: Is the Rovers... Could he get 200k out of the Rovers though? That
1: secret's not worth 200,000. No, it's not. I would say that secret's worth a grand. I, I will pay you a thousand pounds to stay quiet about this. Yeah. And that's, and that's the top end of that. And that's
0: just a drop in his bucket. Right. So, do you. It feels like he's going to swindle Sarah somehow. That Sarah's going to get like a loan to start her business that still doesn't. I'm still not quite sure exactly what it's supposed to be.
1: It's different knickers.
0: Right. Which is. <laughs> I, don't know. I
1: thought the, the female entrepreneurs thought it was a great idea just, that was the lack of experience that concerned them more than the a problem with the idea itself or so Sarah said
0: it's it's hilarious because you know in this past week I watched you know Inventing Anna and The Dropout where young young blonde women were able to in real life hoodwink and and still went over on lots of people in order to build their businesses. Um, Anna Delvey wasn't quite successful as, as, as Elizabeth Holmes, obviously because she had a German accent and we're very xenophobic here in America, but it, it's just, it feels like Sarah should be able to work her magic wearing that leather skirt that you like so much. With with the right, with, with the right money man,
1: mm-hmm. you know. I think she, she should be able to convince Carla if it's a good idea. Carla will be all over. Carla Carla's has all no over. money. Carla's about making money though.
0: Right, yeah, but they don't have the. Carla told her, "Look, I'd love to do this, but we can't right now because we're not making enough money right now. It's a slow time in the underwear business because."
1: everyone's going commando
0: <laughs> because people are still in lockdown and wearing their jammies all the time they don't need fancy underwear
1: this is different knickers though or bras look. different knickers oh well we shall see we shall see moving on our next story tonight is dramatic amateurs on monday is and devs splashing out on a bottle of wine but not like that <laughs> in comes Mary to chat about her preparations ahead of tomorrow's auditions. Mary and Ken try to talk Evelyn into the role of the neighbour. Mary thinks Ken will be a super anti-hero. Ken goes off to get wired into that vino which is sharing with Wendy as it rehearses for the audition. Ken isn't too impressed with the script because he's a pompous twat. Right. But he and Wendy go ahead and read their scene which has them declaring their love for each other. And obviously, Tracy walks in on this, right. overhears Wendy, and calls her a fucking slag.
0: Right, yeah. I was a bit confused at first because I thought Mary was part of the production team for this so, play.
1: So did I and I started like, Why is
0: she auditioning for something that she was trying to get so many people to and was doing the list for auditions. This I'll, this feels like you know a, a vested interest in something that maybe
1: I lost a bit of interest when I realized that this wasn't a Mary production.
0: No. No, it's that guy who did that other play. Remember that guy?
1: Welsh Nigel.
0: Yes, Welsh Nigel. I like him. I like listening to him. He has a he has gorgeous a voice. voice, doesn't he? Yep. Yes, it's so soothing.
1: So Ken is embarrassed to his core, explaining that they were rehearsing. Wendy leaves and Ken rather uncharacteristically tells Tracy that this is his house. It's up to him who he invites here. And if she doesn't like it, she can find some other place to live.
0: Right. She can back all the way off. Right. Wow, wow, wow
1: well in the roles Ken meets up with Wendy still human, but the two of them are enjoying their audition stuff and who knows what may happen but it seems that Evelyn has been convinced to read for the role of neighbour after all which sounds like that's the part that Wendy was going for I wasn't sure because this isn't a famous play this is a play that's been written specifically for for this by Nigel right, the by playwright Welsh Nigel Welsh Nigel
0: with a lovely voice
1: Evans the playwright on Wednesday the auditionees for the play are in the rovers went to hear from Welsh director Nigel, who has a part. The part of Cyril goes to Brian.
0: Off screen. In another storyline
1: with a bum knee. Lady Winterton is Wendy, much to Mary's chagrin. Right. She gets the lesser role that Evelyn was going for, and Evelyn and Ken get nothing. Ken, nothing. Ken doesn't seem to care, even though is furious.
0: So, Wendy has to declare her love for Brian.
1: Oh. (laughs) Why am I?
0: Why is this funny to me? Why is that funny?
1: (laughs) What are you picturing right now?
0: Brian's forehead.
1: Sniper's Dream. So, the drama director, Nigel, he goes to see Ken and apologises for not giving him a role. But he's worried that his play is shite and wonders if Ken thinks the same Ken calls it original and the director breaks down in tears and asks if Ken would like to script doctor it Ken surprisingly would very much like to script doctor it yes. and gets a better stiffy than Tim at the mere thought of telling him what's wrong with his writing then Wendy comes round and Ken fills her in
0: and I like that
1: and then tells her about Nigel's visit and the offer that's right up his pretentious street and it turns up it's right up Wendy's pretentious street too and she asks Ken to edit her into a better role. Better than that, let's work on this together. And so that's what they do. Aww. And that's as far as we get with that. That's so are they, are they going to ruin this? Do you think? Ken's going to ruin it, right?
0: Yeah, because he's going to try to make it too pretentious.
1: He, rather than reading the script, he was away way to read some classic novels to prepare himself for reading the script. Right. Wow. Yikes. That's, we think we're pretentious. And we are. We are. But that's like uber pretentious, right? right?
0: Yeah, yeah. We.
1: By saying uber pretentious, does that make me more pretentious?
0: I think it makes you less pretentious. Does it
1: really? Yeah. Even though there's an umlaut over the U?
0: I mean, Uber is now a car company that comes and picks you up and takes you places and takes money out of the hands of unionized taxi drivers. So yeah.
1: See, that's you sounding more pretentious there. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. That's not the first time you've done that. <laughs> and it won't be the last. <laughs> I don't know. Are we going to-
0: <sighs> I'm still mad about not getting to see Mary's one woman play.
1: Yeah, her one woman show. Yeah, was definitely something I would like to have seen. Yes, this does sound like a terrible Bring play. Bring it back. Based on the additions that we've heard, it doesn't sound great. It's always funny though watching actors trying to pretend that they that can not act. Actors.
0: Right? right. See, but only good actors can pretend that they're bad actors.
1: I thought Wendy did a good job. Yeah. I thought Ken sounded like he, he was acting when he said it. Yeah. which means Which makes me wonder how good Brian must have been to have been better than that. You know what I mean? Ken yeah. sounded like he was doing it well. well Wendy maybe, didn't really.
0: Maybe Brian was already in pain. So yeah, he maybe. channeled the pain of his knee. Maybe that's where his knee got hurt was the auditions.
1: Do you know, we are three storylines into this. And with the exception of Stephen. He's a pretty poor storyline so far don't you think i mean i, th- I think this is more a more kind of round up thing to say but i think it was a pretty poor couple of episodes it
0: feels lo- it feels like one of those weeks where we're just kind of filling in a few gaps and
1: yeah it does doesn't it
0: but we have other storylines to talk about only a couple yeah and one of them is so much more exciting than this
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I don't really have much more to say about Ken and Wendy auditioning,
0: so they are gonna become like an official item again.
1: It would seem to be heading and that Tracy way. And Tracy
0: will explode.
1: I, th- I don't. I don't. I don't know how much. In fact, I do know how much I want that. It's that's not. I, I don't want it at all. I would prefer them just to be friends.
0: Yeah. Well, we know Claudia's not coming back, so. Oh, she's not. Yeah. Uh, Room McClennath this week said some rather unchar. Rue
1: McClenna. From the Golden Girls? Yes. What did she have to say about it? <laughs> Isn't she dead? From, from beyond the grave. <laughs> the grave. Rula Lenska.
0: Right. Rula Lenska this week said some rather uncharitable things about how poorly actors on Coronation Street are paid. So I, I, I feel like she's burning bridges.
1: Do you know what? She probably doesn't give a fuck one way or the other. No. And why should she? Who
0: no, knows? Because she's, she's fabulous she's and paid she her dues. doesn't need it.
1: Right. And she's Rula fucking Lenska. Seriously. That's how she signs her autographs, I think.
0: Yes. Yes. All right, with, look. With wh- the with the umlaut over the U in fucking. Fucking. <laughs>
1: I think that's how you say that. She says, I'm not pretentious. <laughs> Our penultimate storyline is hopefully one of the good storylines then. All we are saying is give violence a chance. <laughs> On Monday, spider chases after toy in the street, but in an unthreatening way. He apologises for the other day, and I had to think of what happened the other day. Oh, he said that he loved her and then ran away.
0: Right, and then when she tried to kiss him, did that, oh, mm. thing.
1: And she has to agree that the situation right now is complicated enough without declarations of love and stuff. Right, yeah. He says he's just worried about her, and this is why she's focusing on saving the planet, because she's worried too. Right. In the roles, Nina and Asha have been roped into the protest by Toya, and the cafe is like a placard-making sweatshop.
0: I was really sad that Evelyn didn't get pulled in this time.
1: Hmm. In comes Leanne, who thinks that she's walked on the set of Blue Peter, especially when an elephant takes a shit on her shoe. Now, that is a joke about Blue Peter. Sure. Leanne announces that the best way she can keep an eye on Toya is to join her on the protest, and Toya insists it's going to be peaceful. Later, Carla comes in and Nina, using her positive relationship that she has with Carla, I keep on forgetting about. She and Carla are are close thanks to Roy. Right. Points out that all the nasty stuff that this Nadim Tala gets up to and his environmental record, and so Carla promises to go back to the factory and do some research, which is basically what Toya was demanding last week, but doing it in a far, far worse way right. than Nina's doing. Yes, Nina's appealing to Carla's better Right, senses. and she's
0: bringing up she Nina is bringing up more specific things than just this guy is a terrible guy. Right, you know, she's talking about specific environmental things, bad environmental things he's doing and specifying that he's not great with his employees and, Mm -hmm. you know, and stuff, which I think is something that would appeal more to Carla than the whole environmental thing. Because Carla has no children. So she doesn't care if the world ends in 20 years. Right. Right. Do you know what? Do you know what Steli said to me the other day? What? She said that she really hopes the world ends so that she doesn't have to worry about getting a job and, like, getting married and stuff.
1: That's her kids looking on the bright side.
0: (laughs) I think a lot of Gen Z are like that, though.
1: The protest is underway as actors in non-speaking roles walk round in circles outside the garage in number four. Spider joins Leanne, disappointed that Toya has shown up after all. At this, Nadim, his car, rolls up onto the street, Tooting at the protesters to get the fuck out of his way, something that Toya describes as pure arrogance.
0: Did you find the protest
1: convincing? It, I found it as convincing as the football match that we're yet to talk about. <laughs> Did you, the- rabble, 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 <laughs> rabble, rabble with my placard. Right, says and, planet and
0: on words it. with crosses, with circles and crosses out. I'm on against them. this. Right, I disapprove. I am for the planet. Well, that's not very specific against this particular guy.
1: Griff has been on the beer and already seems like a bit of a loose cannon. In the factory, Carla has done her homework and now wants nothing to do with Nadim Matala making his journey and all this fuss absolutely pointless. Nadim is pissed off and calls the police on the protesters, which Carla doesn't hear because she's been pulled off to speak to Sarah about something else right outside Spider tries to get Toya to go back to the flat just as the police show up but it's only PC Tinker though and he asks Griff what's going on fuck off pig says Griff PC Tinker threatens to start making arrests and then not letting people eat but then force them to eat crusts that they picked up from the floor
0: and Toya shouts defund the police
1: Carla comes out and uh, she's trying to she's trying to say look I'm not doing a deal with them after right that.
0: yeah she's trying to quiet everybody down so that they so that they, she could tell them that she's not doing a deal with this guy so they'll all go home
1: but then one particularly real, unruly protester <laughs> throws a milkshake, milkshake at <laughs> Carla's foot and somebody posted on uh, on Twitter if you're going to throw a milkshake at me the next milkshake you'll be eating will be through a straw and I thought it was pretty funny. I didn't. I didn't deliver it very well. But.
0: No, I. I seem to remember that this is something. This is this is something that actually happens. That it's popular to throw milkshakes at Nazis. At feet. No, well, just at Nazis in general. Typically, Nazis' faces because Nazis deserve to have milkshakes thrown at them a bit more than Carla does.
1: I think they deserve to have a little bit more than the milkshake thrown at them.
0: <laughs> right. Yes.
1: Because all it does is make you think that uh, Carla's milkshake brings all the boys to the yard That's what it makes me think about And her feet And then a particular fetish involving feet And milkshakes
0: Alright Tarantino, settle down over there
1: Oof. Ooh. <laughs> oh,
0: God, to- first we bring up Sarah's leather skirt and And then you say, I'm "I'm bad for wanting to spit on Chris Pine.
1: I'm a second away from going off here.
0: Exactly like that.
1: (laughs) So, somebody throws a milkshake at Carla's foot. And she's like, oh, I'm going to send you the dry cleaning bill for my foot. Which is the trigger for Griff to throw his beer bottle at PC Tinker's head. It's a direct hit. And Tinker goes down like a sack of swuds. Griff is dragged away by the cops and they seem to be making a beeline for Toya when Spider jumps in the way and pushes the copper saying, what are you going to do? Are you going to arrest me? So he gets lifted instead, allowing Leanne Mm. to lead Toya away. Toya looking utterly lost throughout most of this. She's like a rabbit in the headlights. Right, like
0: she's never been to a protest before.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah, so she's, she just doesn't seem like she's got a clue what's going on. But if you listen carefully during the scene, you can pick up Stephen Bruton out of a blue bin in the distance.
0: Now, the build-up to this.
1: rabble, rabble, rabble.
0: The build-up to this, the articles, the spoiler articles.
1: I am against this
0: for for this, for this whole protest thing.
1: Oh, not more of this stuff. Had me,
0: had me expecting death. <laughs> Had me expecting blood on the streets.
1: Stormtroopers.
0: Had me expecting Nadim to run somebody over with his car, yeah. you know? Not to his it's, horn politely. Right, yeah, it's like... Oh, the arrogance. Massive drama, in massive protest drama on, you know, on Coronation Street coming up. And this was... The fight we witnessed tonight... Was more violent and dramatic. The fight? The fight that you and I witnessed.
1: Oh, yes. Right. That was actually pretty In real life
0: was much more crazy and violent. And glass was thrown in real life tonight in front of us. I didn't see that. Yeah. She she threw a glass down. She smashed it on the floor, not on a person. But still, that was more dramatic than... This protest scene, which was was built up as being like this really big, intense thing. And I get it. They still don't want people too close together. But it's outside. And you could at least make the placards be in direct reference to this Nadine dude.
1: What got me was uh, Tracy pushing her way through the protest to go and speak to Tyrone and Aaron on the other side of it.
0: Yeah. And Tyrone saying, you know... I used to I used to think that all this climate change stuff was ridiculous, but then I did a project with my daughter, and now I think about her future, and it just it reminded me of Steve, White explaining uh-huh. right. racism to Tim. To Tim, <laughs> it's
1: always Tim that gets something explained to, wasn't explain
0: to it? Well, this time it was Tyrone to Aaron, but still, it was just I, a lot of a lot of the dialogue of people around the protest
1: rubble rubble
0: not not the actual protesters oh. but like the stuff like the whole Tyrone thing mm-hmm. and some of the other talk because people are complaining about it in the Rovers too oh the loud people outside and stuff it seems like Evelyn is pro- is complaining too at one point i seem to recall and Let's remember, Evelyn chained herself to a bulldozer
1: a couple of years ago. If it was super gluing yourself to the road, she'd be doing it.
0: I I was very disappointed in her. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, it was kind of a letdown. Yeah. Because it was talked up so much. And this is why I'm afraid of things like the volume wall. Right. It's because so much stuff gets talked up like, oh, this is going to be really cool. And then it's not.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it, it, the protest reminded me a lot of non playable characters in Grand Theft Auto, like pedestrians just wandering around in circles. And some of them were just like leaning against Sally's house, but not, not doing a single thing.
0: Right, just holding the sign up.
1: That said, I'm against this. Right. Or whatever.
0: Yeah. What are you against, sir? What this, are you against?
1: Right, Right here and now, this. Meanwhile Carla is tending to PC Tinker's injuries Threatening to get Beth involved Fuck that says PC Tinker "A <laughs> cub!" shouts Beth from an open window <laughs> Back at the bistro Toya is astounded at Spider's hypocrisy He claims it's a peaceful protest But then he gets lifted for pushing a copper Just stupid cow says Leanne Spider only got arrested to save you Rock roll says Toya
0: Now you mentioned a theory last week
1: And nothing that we've seen this week dispels that no theory.
0: no because it seemed very obvious that he was desperately trying to get arrested which is totally something that an undercover cop would do in not, a situation like this
1: not only that but before it right before the police arrive he's trying to get rid of her right and then the police arrive immediately afterwards right so it's like he knows that the police are about to arrive here right and he's trying to get her away this right. is this is adding up Yeah. so later she meets spider in the community garden he's been let off with a caution and again that's a that's a bit of a flag for that right, well. he's yeah. been let off, for he's pushed you know, he arguably assaulted a police officer right? Uh, but you know people get let off with a caution all the time on Coronation Street otherwise they'd all be in jail
0: that's true that it would be an empty street with right. tumbleweeds
1: Yeah, and we'd be talking about that <laughs> sometimes it feels like that is what we're talking about <laughs> She asks him to come back to the flat for a chat. Back there, she brings up his declaration of love and says that she loves him too and she wants to be with him. Yeah, about that, says Spider. The thing is, I'm married. He's not married. He explains that he's not happily married, though, but she's fuming that he shagged her up while he was hitched to someone else. And after all the stuff that she told him about Imran, she throws him out and then throws papers all over Leanne and Nick's lovely new, newly decorated tidy flat.
0: Now, in this same episode like 20 minutes beforehand she had agreed with him that it wasn't the right time and that she needed to focus on the trial right. and you know and but the
1: fact that he threw himself in front of the the train she's so desperate and she's not behaving like herself no on Wednesday at the community centre Griff explains to Toya that it wasn't him who threw the bottle oh, it was you though
0: Yeah, yeah this is weird uh,
1: and it, and he was standing right next to her when he did it yeah and she didn't notice it yeah he says it was an unnamed extra toya is more concerned about spider being married and doesn't really seem to care and then there's a line of characters waiting patiently to interact with these two carla calls griff a thug and a waste of space spider tries the jedi mind trick to pretend that everything's okay between him and toya but she's having none of it in the cafe griff is surprised to learn that spider is married yet so again it feels like he's just told her that he's married to stop this from happening because right, this because is he's unethical. An cop, yeah. right. Not that cops haven't been known to kind of play a little On bit fast and loose with that sort of thing all the time. Spider asks if he's coming. To, if uh, Griff is coming to the meeting tonight, but he has an appointment with Toya, which puts spiders nose out of joint. At the counter, Griff shares some of his conspiracy theories with Nina and Asha. He's a tit. But back home, Nina and Asha are talking more conspiracy theories. Asha seems to be a bit of a flat earther and denies that we've been to the moon. The pair of them reckon that Griff, though, isn't exactly one to be trusted. But Peter and Toy are in the Rovers now, and Peter is a massive fan of Griff. Was,
0: was, was Peter's liver donor a conspiracy theorist?
1: <laughs> Peter is telling Griff about his liver and thorn, which Griff blames on the lizard people and how 9-11 was an inside job. <laughs> Carla comes in... No,
0: because he's not that kind of... He's, a, he's more of a a leftist conspiracy theorist than a right conspiracy theorist.
1: Yeah. Carla comes in and is sick to see Peter chat with that scumbag, but Peter sticks his guns about how Griff is brand new, and when presented with a choice about having dinner with his wife or circle jerking with Griff, Peter opts for a third option. He's off home. And Carla's a little bit upset about this. Leanne and Carla bump into each other outside Carla warning Leanne about the company that Toya's keeping Leanne thinks she means Spider But Carla points out that it's Griff that she's talking about Which makes Leanne far more worried So back home Leanne brings the subject up with Toya But she has a complete meltdown about it It Explains how Spider betrayed her trust by being married And she grabs a purse and storms out Anything for a minute's peace That's as far as we get with that Up to Wednesday
0: Hmm What do
1: you think? Well, I'm thinking that I'm right about Spider being a cop.
0: Yeah, I think he's undercover.
1: And I think they are trying to bring down this Griff character. And I think he is trying to weasel his way in with Toya and is going to presumably have some impact on on her trial that's coming up that I think was quoted this week as being in a couple of weeks or in a few weeks. So it's not an immediate thing again and I I'm just worried I was saying this descriptive seen as well on on the Twitter that they've left us they've left us a little bit too long I think because nobody really cares about it anymore that she's potentially up for murder
0: they've been doing this though cuz let 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 us remember the gap of time between when we first found out that hope was getting messages from some mad dog person and then so much time so much time had passed that I had assumed that I had missed it on the first week that Spider showed up when Mm -hmm. I didn't watch right I was like well that that must have gotten resolved at that time but no it hadn't because it's still going on Mm -hmm. but we haven't heard anything about it forever I don't know I do you think do you think the show just has too many irons in the fire at the moment
1: feels like there's an awful lot and I I assume that some of them are going to come uh, and maybe cross over with each other that there's they like doing that when, they we're do. he- when we're heading for big weeks that right. they have storylines that are kind of in conjunction with each other that end up being part of the whole one storyline and there's certainly a lot of things that are going on round about the same time because, right. it's, because it's been a little difficult to pick out some of the individual stories as to Where's, the, where's this thread at now? Right. Because this thread kind of becomes a little bit of a different thread and right. and it's it's all a little over the place. But it just seems like that Toya in particular has been given a bit of a, a, a bum steer here because yes. it seemed that she was at the point of Imran's death was this was going to be the big storyline of the summer was right. Was her proving her innocence or otherwise right. or some big or trial or whatever.
0: Proving her guilty. Right. But and then it just petered out. It's
1: been it's been nothing, and if it wasn't for the occasional remark about our trial, you'd kind of forget that it was even going on, right? And, and that if,
0: does a disservice to Imran's memory, and
1: if <laughs> right, and his wife runs, and if <laughs> and his and sexy if, sexy boxer briefs, if, and if Toya was just to keep her nose clean for a couple of months, then all this would just blow over, and everyone would have forgotten about it, right? It just feels like it's been treated really oddly, yeah. For, well, a, for a big character like Toya to get the an, an opening for a big storyline and then for nothing really to harm him about it.
0: Let's remember that Robert is still unburied.
1: <laughs> yeah, I suppose.
0: And that Imran died without ever finding out what happened to his sister.
1: Uh, Peter is, he's just a walking complaint at the moment. It's anybody who will listen to him about his liver and, and thorn right and yeah still going on about that right like it's because months later it's
0: because griff is in, indignant on his behalf about the whole thorn thing that he just falls in love with griff mm-hmm. that's the only reason
1: it's somebody new to complain to about right it.
0: yeah and somebody who's sympathetic
1: for now right because he's heard the story for the first time right later on that night maybe not so much
0: well you know griff seems like the kind of guy who repeats things over and over and over again too so
1: oh yeah he's got his script Right. Because yeah. he's making the pitch to everyone that he's talking to. Right. Yeah. Oh, well.
0: And don't get me wrong. Some of the stuff Griff says, which oddly Nina poo poos about like there only being a handful of people that control most of the wealth and stuff. Yeah. And the media. That's, that's true. There is only a handful of people who control the media.
1: Yeah. And you look at the UK media, the, the people who own the main newspapers don't live in the uk but are controlling the politics of it and how people think and that's not
0: i was really surprised that nina poo-pooed that
1: yeah i don't think that's a conspiracy i think that's that's the truth demonstrable fact what what
0: are what are we uh whose side are you on itv
1: (laughs) well let's move on to our final storyline of the night And I didn't think I was going to have to write these words again, but this storyline is Tim's Bobby. Is it? Yeah.
0: Is it? You get to use your hospital thingy, though, tonight. I do. So you must be very happy about that, you and your cactus.
1: Quite excited about that. On Monday, Jenny is organising a five-a-side football match between the Rovers and the Flying Horse and she's roping heart attack survivor Tim into a meeting in the pub later to the discuss... The Flying
0: Horse, who will soon be sued out of existence by ExxonMobil for stealing their logo.
1: That's a reach.
0: It's the exact same style of Pegasus. Mm-hmm. For same colour, same for pose. A, a
1: gas company that doesn't exist in the UK... Yeah, I think they're on safe ground.
0: Now, Esso, isn't Esso?
1: They don't have that logo, and they have a lion.
0: Yeah, same company though.
1: Michael and James come along, and it sounds like James's position on the way the county team is under threat from a bright new thing. It was quite funny though, because on but Monday, Corey. Jenny's Jenny had a couple of storylines. She had her her fretting about getting found out, right, and her guilt about snogging Stephen, and then and this completely concurrent but separate thread she was trying to organize a -a five-a-side match
0: right yeah (laughs) with and none of the people on their on her five-a-side team work at the rovers
1: in the pub jenny tries to explain how everyone can't be a striker it's co-ed so amy and shona are involved with dev tim and brian
0: none of whom work at the rovers
1: (laughs) brian explains that some of the, uh, the past rivalries between the two pubs Mean that no one is going to be mistaken this for a friendly. Jenny is struggling to control the egos and so asks James if he wouldn't mind being the team's coach. James says he'll think about it, but really it's been so long since he's had a storyline, he absolutely jumps at the chance. Yes. Later, James has made the controversial decision to make Amy the striker as she's the only one not currently drunk or over 40 or pregnant. Or,
0: you know, or still suffering from a brain injury.
1: Dev is devastated. Jenny is stressed out of her tits about this, calling it herding cats. So Daisy suggests offering some kind of prize or incentive if they win. Not that kind of incentive. And Jenny seems to like the sound of it either way. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, at streetcars, Tim is reading the paper getting upset about someone who wants to ban bees. Then in comes Trina, Tim's sex therapist So Tim hides behind his paper And pretends to be invisible When Peter gives up, gives him the job To take her to wherever she wants to go When she goes outside to wait Peter demands to know what that was all about So Tim confesses that that was his sex therapist And when Peter is shocked Because he thought Tim and Sally Were fucking like 18 year olds Up and down number 4 And the whole house would light up Under a black light like a Christmas tree It
0: makes you wonder if they keep the sh- the shades Open occasionally <laughs> when they're going to town because it seems like everybody
1: knows. Tim reluctantly admits that he's impotent. But he finds a sympathetic ear in Peter who is happy to find common ground with his chum and explains one of the downsides of being a raging alcoholic is trouble in the trouser department. Yes. Tim is regretting saying anything and asks Peter to keep quiet about it, which Peter agrees to do after offering his listening services if required and maybe a spot of mutual masturbation to lighten the mood. (laughs) Who knows?
0: Now... I thought tim was doing better because he realized why he was having the problem that's exactly
1: what i thought like why so are we why coming, are we back, coming to this? back
0: to this have we've done you're this you're not enough. impotent anymore we figured it out you can get it up now
1: and i thought you had
0: yeah sally seemed quite happy i mean i can understand why they might still be going to the sex therapist because it's not really about the sex it's about right the relationship
1: and has fear of death
0: right Yeah, I don't understand why we're bringing this up again. You know, (sighs) what's going on here?
1: Is (sighs) this
0: just an excuse for Peter to talk about himself some more?
1: Despite his promises, Peter is quite loud in the pub, talking to Tim about stuff Tim doesn't want to be talked about. Right. Which makes me think it's just a matter of time before Peter takes an advert out in the Weather Gazette. (laughs) On Wednesday, Jenny has bought the tiniest trophy. It's, it's the Newton so and Ridley Challenge Cup. And apparently Jenny hasn't even dipped into her purse for the tenner it would have costed. This is sponsored. It's inspiration <laughs> and brass. <laughs> Outside, to the team are training. Well, Amy's training. Everyone else looks on day release from the care home. I don't really play football, says Peter, answering nobody's question. James mentions a trophy to the team and Dev is suddenly very interested. He also wants a medal. But then Brian pulls a muscle in his knee and the team is suddenly a man down. Dev asks James to play, but he can't because he's a professional footballer and he can't get injured in this stupid bounce game.
0: Right. It not that when Peter says, don't look at me, I don't play football?
1: He says it twice. And he says it in this next scene as well, I think. Yeah. In the Rovers, Dev loves the look of the tiny trophy. He does. Peter again says that he'd love to play, but he can't. And again, nobody asked you, Peter. And besides, Jenny has convinced Chesney to join in.
0: Yet another person who doesn't work at the Rovers But at least his wife does
1: Dev gives his sp-
0: fiancé, because they're still not married Remember that? Remember when they got engaged Like four years ago?
1: Dev gives a speech <sighs> for the team About rising to the occasion Standing proud and erect in the face Of a stiff challenge and then spunking All over the tits of the opposition Tim thinks this is a dig at him So he storms out, calling Dev A twat on the way And Peter Hmm Ed and Michael are heading off to the game and Aggie should be joining them but sees a sorry looking Tim sitting on the, the pavement uh, on the way so she lets her family go ahead and she asks Tim back to hers. With Tim gone, Jenny insists that James plays the cover. James knows that he has responsibilities to the team but he caves. Back at Aggie's, she wonders if Tim has been oversensitive maybe during the team talk but is proud that he spoke to Peter in the first place. There's a 5 side set for some reason on Coronation Street and that's where the rovers are playing the flying horse. I was kind of hoping we wouldn't see any of the game and they would just wander in afterwards and back into the pub pretending to be out of breath and just explain what happened.
0: Right, but they couldn't do that because of what happens next.
1: Right. The game starts and the rovers take a knee allowing the flying horse to score the first goal and Dev gets booked for being Asian. So... I, I wasn't happy about this and i was whichever way my bread is buttered i'm unhappy about it if i'm somebody who appreciates the taking the knee gesture i'm feeling that they're taking the piss out of it a little bit they are and if i'm against the taking the knee thing i'm thinking stupid woke Corey doing the taking the knee thing so i think they're they the worst of both worlds here
0: right because you take you take the you don't take the knee at the beginning of the game when when game is in play no you take the knee during the playing of the national anthem or
1: well not in soccer they don't
0: right or, or you know in the beginning there's when a five
1: there's a five second. right before the game starts
0: yeah yeah and i yeah this i was really confused i was like does does taking the knee mean something else in the UK? Is this, is this our taking the knee or is this some sort of, you know, ancient tradition in no. soccer or because like, they're all upset. They're like, we took the knee and the ref is like, well, you're supposed to tell me first. And it's like, I, I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> but yeah, now that I understand that it's, it's our what it's i say our because it's and i don't mean that because it's very much not mine no you know although white people
1: you mean it's the same it's the yeah, same one it's, it's the, the same, same stand against racism. right
0: yes it's and yeah it does kind of feel like taking the piss out of out of the actual thing because it's kind of played for comedy
1: yeah the, the other team just goes ahead and scores right. a goal, yeah. but I don't think at any point anyone who was involved in this was concerned that this isn't realistic. I don't think anyone was concerned about that
0: because it's not. Because this is just and the
1: worst game of football. I think has been committed to it's, to film,
0: it, right? Yeah, but still, this is like a real problem oh, that yeah. exists in sure. the world. Right. So maybe let's not make a joke out of it.
1: Later, Tim has had seven missed calls from Peter. He admits to feeling better after speaking. Uh, after telling Peter about his problems but now he's let them down by dropping out of the team Aggie says something about toxic masculinity but Tim's not listening instead he's looking longingly at Aggie saying that she says the nicest things and instead of going to the game together they decide to stay at home and make a cake back at the football more football's happening and the Rovers go 3-2 up when uh, Chesney seems to score and it's the strangest goal because at this point they're not even showing the ball no Chesney scores. Dev pulls his shirt over his head. Right. Chesney kisses Dev's belly.
0: Right. And and leaps. First he leaps into his arms, and then Dev pulls the shirt over his head, and he like, does he kiss it or does he blow raspberries on it? I don't know. Either way, this is the weirdest shit I've ever <laughs> seen on television in my life, and I watch a lot of weird shit.
1: Yes, you do. And that puts the Rovers 3-2 up when James collapses face first onto the pitch, seemingly dead by how fucking cringe this all is.
0: Yeah, and just boom. Just boom. No, no clutching at the chest, no warning, nothing. Just boom. I have seen this happen in real life.
1: Well, then you'll have seen it happen exactly like this to Christian Erikson.
0: Right, yeah, I a friend of mine in high school reed he was a basketball player and this happened to him you know and was absolutely terrifying to mm-hmm. see you know this this and it it it's something that seems to be happening a lot more often lately for some reason that young people are having heart attacks and strokes at a higher rate for some reason Oh, who who could who could ever know why in 2022 more people are having heart attacks and strokes? But never mind. Mm. Just, I was really shocked and kind of impressed by how they didn't make it overly.
1: It was a shocking moment. I mean, it, it was I, I a shocking can, moment. They can joke that had done it because he was bored with the right. storyline or whatever. But the way that it went down and the way that he was, uh, he was just glazed and uh, glassy eyed and dead and and looking very 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 dead right just was like that and it was well it was exactly how that happened at the um at the euros with with christian ericsson that somebody took took a throw in they threw it to him it kind of bounced off him right and then he took a couple of steps and just fell over and you know immediately that something's very wrong, terribly, terribly wrong. So it was very reminiscent of that, and I think they actually did it pretty well.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Because we've we've seen people have heart attacks before on the show, and
1: that's a comedy heart attack. It's right,
0: a, yeah. It's,
1: it's a nineteen twenties silent I'm, movie I'm heart attack, Weezy? right, right,
0: sort of thing. So this, yeah, I was really impressed by this, and I think the actor has a lot to his credit for for that for how he was able to do that so well.
1: Michael does CPR while Chesney runs away looking for a defibrillator or something. Ed tries to call Aggie, but she and Tim are making cake and talking about his erections, so she doesn't hear his call.
0: And, And making jokes about baking powder, which she's adding far too much of...
1: The ambulance crew arrive and zap James alive again and he's whisked off to hospital while Michael waits for Aggie who's still at home but he's expecting Aggie to turn up at any minute at the game but he ends up having to run home to get Aggie and the two of them rush off to the hospital. And at hospital it's confirmed that James was dead for five minutes but his condition has improved since then and they're running more tests. Ed thinks about calling Danny, oddly, not Dee Dee.
0: No, Um, because Danny is his boyfriend. Are they still... Yes,
1: we haven't seen Danny in the longest time. That's because he
0: moved to that London. Remember, did he move? I thought they were. He did. He moved to that London. Well, well, I they then agreed, they, split up. they agreed to 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 do the um long distance thing. It's it's nice that the show remembers that that James has a boyfriend named Danny,
1: but not a sister named Dee Michael is congratulated by Ed for saving James's life, and Agate is berated for not answering her phone. Peter and Tim catch up at the cab office and make up after Tim's reaction. The two of them haven't had troubles to find in this uh, week's episodes and compare notes, agreeing that bitches be crazy. Oh, and did you hear about James? So Tim rushes off to the hospital to see Aggie and asks after him. He blames himself and his Bobby for this happening. Aggie starts to cry, worried that she's let down her family and she quickly leaves. And it's her friend, Dr Hanley, who's looking after James. Yay! James just wants to get home and get back to training Ed points out that James is a famous footballer Dr Hanley sucks a thoughtful tooth Telling James that he might never play the game ever again And judging how he got on against a pub team earlier on That's probably a good thing And that's how we end this week's episode. And
0: James for some reason is able to make complete sentences with his mouth Even mm-hmm. though he was dead for five minutes
1: Yeah Which again was I think they're leaning heavily on the Christian Erikson story.
0: Yeah. That that actor playing the cardiologist, he he must be just like, I'm so glad that they keep giving people heart problems on this show.
1: But this time it's real heart problems. Well,
0: Tim's was real too.
1: Oh, no, I was thinking about Curtis.
0: Well, they, he took care of Tim and Curtis.
1: This is a, his third this heart. This is his
0: third heart problem. Per- this is the third heart storyline
1: now does that tell you that it's good that we have continuity and who's the heart specialist at uh, Wedding County, oh and I forgot to hit my <laughs> that we have continuity at- after
0: I mentioned it, I know, then you completely forgot I about got,
1: it, I got so cut off in the excitement of the storyline, that we have continuity of the the cardiologist at Wedding right, General yes. Or does it suggest that we have too many heart storylines?
0: I bet he's really pissed that Imran died so quickly from his heart attack.
1: Oh yeah, he had let's heart remember, attack remember, well, Imran right? had a heart
0: attack as well.
1: Yeah.
0: And didn't, hasn't Johnny, didn't Johnny have some problems with his heart as well as his MS before he died by drowning? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably. And we shouldn't be laughing. Poor Johnny. Who does eat chili con carne without rice though? I do. <laughs> ah well and millions of mexicans well that is how we end this week's episodes yeah i mean the the football storyline was just dreadful but james nearly dying did make it a bit better
0: right and not because we hate james because we love james and we want him to have more storylines but
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: i love james there and want go. him to have more storylines because this is the Baileys have been in the show for what, five years now? No.
1: Because we've only been doing this for four.
0: No, we've been doing it for more than four. Nope. Because we were just talking about the whole Sally thing we in 2019. Started
1: it, we started it in 2018.
0: Right, that's not
1: four years ago. No. Yes. Yes, Helen, 2022 minus 2018 is four. No, 19, 20, 21,
0: 22, that's four. 19 to
1: 22. Yeah, you, you don't, you don't you don't suddenly count the first one as being one. You weren't one year old when you were born, Helen You were zero.
0: That's what you think. You weren't there. But anyway, you know, they've been on the show for a while Why aren't now. Why are
1: you ashamed that you can't do this?
0: They've been on the show for a while now, and this is James's second storyline. Because he had the I'm not gay storyline.
1: Oh, and he had the he, racist. He kind of had a story of racism
0: storyline. But that racism storyline was kind of for all the Baileys. It was an equal opportunity racism storyline. And line. he's had
1: his Danny storyline. And he had
0: the yeah. He I'm not gay, but I'm going to date Danny storyline.
1: He hasn't had an awful lot to do. No. So <clears> I'm
0: glad they're. I'm wondering, and I mentioned this to you earlier. I'm wondering if they're realizing that they can't really do too much with a with a character with a mm-hmm. who's a footballer because they can't really afford to have. Scenes shot at the football stadium.
1: Well, it's not just that they can't have them, and scenes at the pub and at the kebab shop, and everywhere that the characters seem to end up just sitting around, right? Vegetating. He has to be.
0: He's in training, and he's he's not drinking, and he's not eating kebabs,
1: right? So there's not an awful lot of storylines on the go for characters that are like that.
0: So yeah, they would have to not only fork out the money for a football to rent out a football stadium they're not going to build a football stadium
1: well and they've they've kind of made a rod for their own back by having the team playing green so the only um the only ground that's nearby that playing green i think is plymouth which is the other side of the country
0: right they could always like cover up the other colors well if they've
1: got this big volume wall who knows what they could do
0: right but uh, they would also they would also need to hire people on a more regular basis to play the rest but, of the but team. But nobody's
1: interested this isn't a football soap opera so Right,
0: well it's so- also not necessarily a knicker factory soap opera or a pub soap opera or a It
1: is a pub cardi- soap <laughs> It's absolutely a pub soap opera
0: Alright, well I'll give you that. Or a cardiologist uh, you know or doctor you just, it's not a medical one either yet people work in the hospital You know, it's it's possible to show people who live on the street at their careers. I I think this is one of the reasons why we don't get to see Billy actually do his job very often, because then we'd have to see that we'd have to either get all of these people on the street who don't seem to care about religion to start going to church and filling in them pews Mm. or they'd have to hire enough extras to make a believable congregation for him instead of him just talking about people in his congregation off camera.
1: I think that's why they got him kind of out of the vicar game and into the archdeaconing game.
0: But it's more
1: about in the community doing things where he can just say that he's away doing some church stuff. And that's enough enough of an explanation. But the thing is that they don't want him being a footballer. They dropped a little hint at the start of this week when they said that his place is perhaps getting under threat by the next young new you thing
0: right but they so, say that sort of thing all the time and they
1: still have to have older players on the team yeah maybe the ones that don't have heart attacks though helen
0: right but he hadn't had a heart attack yet he was just synchronized walking with his brother across the street
1: right but they, i don't know why this is so difficult at the start they have this bit where, the, where it seems that his place is under threat now he has a heart attack right so the so, where does that put him now? Well, it kind of puts him not on the team anymore.
0: But again, his place was under threat before with the whole racism thing. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, where but it was like, but we're going to fire attack, you so. because we're racist. Or we don't want to lose these white guys. We don't want to offend the white guys, so we may fire you. Yeah,
1: I think this affects his football ability a little bit more than...
0: Absolutely. Than claims Ab- of racism. Absolutely. My my point Absolutely. My point is more they've They've hinted at this before, and I'm just—I still feeling so let down by that protest that I just don't trust them with anything.
1: Well, I don't—I don't see him continuing as a as a footballer after this. It's going no. to be very difficult for him to to, um, to recover from this.
0: No, I expect a deep depression and lashing out, and
1: yeah, and I don't know alcoholism. if that's—I don't know if that's the storyline that we we had in mind for him. I don't know what storyline we had in mind from, but I don't I don't think it was going to be it was going to be quite that, and we never found out who won the football match.
0: Isn't it whoever was winning at the time that James has a heart attack on the pitch?
1: I don't know are those your rules or those are my rules. rules. <laughs> well, then the Rovers won three two. Yes, three two and one heart attack. Right, who gets the trophy though? Dev, <laughs> Dev's heart. Dev is-
0: and his belly. <laughs>
1: And just kissable, Bailey, apparently.
0: Remember when Dev got really mad that Amy Amy scored a point?
1: They're it, called goals.
0: <laughs> you know, I know that. But well, it's don't the same call it a thing. point then. They get a point for making a goal. The score goes up.
1: Those are your rules? Yes. I think we should stick to that arithmetic here.
0: <laughs> but anyway, it's just. I don't know. I think I think it is a, an interesting and compelling story, and I'm glad. I'm glad for the Bailey's as a family to get another interesting storyline. I think I I am starting to get nervous about Aggie and Tim's friendship.
1: Yeah, I think that this not, week I think that's not without uh, concern.
0: The fact, the fact that she lied to her family about why she couldn't come with them at that moment. And she's kind of caught in that lie now. Because what is she going to say? When they say, why didn't you pick up your phone? Why didn't you come? Why did it take so long for us to get a hold of you? She can't really say, I was baking a cake with Tim. Or talking to Tim about his penis problems. Well, no. That ship has sailed. If she had said from the very beginning to Ed, you know, I'm concerned about Tim and I'm a nurse. And so I've been I've been giving him some advice and stuff. I don't think Ed would have cared. No. But I think at this point, especially since this friendship kept her from getting to James sooner, Mm -hmm. I think Ed will care. And because she boldly lied to him
1: yeah because now tim's lying about who he's getting advice and who he's getting books from and now she's lying about giving them advice it's like the whole thing is now completely surrounded by lies
0: right and it didn't need to be because it's just a friendship right this seems to be setting up something more than a friendship
1: i don't see aggie going for that at all though
0: no i don't either
1: and honestly i don't see tim going for it either. no
0: i don't either especially since we thought that this was
1: <sighs> this was dealt with <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah, and maybe he has—he still has problems occasionally with it. But if he's aware of the problem, that it's—it's something that he's managing, so it shouldn't be this big of a problem now.
1: No, Dev was a complete asshole all the way through that. Though the way that he was berating such people, such a dick, and wanting VAR involved, and oh, just
0: especially the way he was—he was. He was Pissed about amy becoming striker and amy making scoring goals
1: and he was shouting at james as well to to track the man or whatever it right, was yeah but you need to wind your neck and dive
0: absolutely
1: <laughs> i mean i think it was it's obviously supposed to be funny but it wasn't it, it wasn't it, it wasn't, it was just, it wasn't.
0: just like the whole knee thing wasn't funny
1: <laughs> anyway that was the week that was coronation street what was your moment of this uh abridged week James's heart attack. Yeah, I think it probably was. Yeah. I don't think there was. It was either or, tink, or Tinker Tink a bottle to the head. Was that the
0: We didn't really talk about Jenny's weird turn there. What do you think is up with that?
1: Oh, she just didn't want Leo to be anywhere near Stephen.
0: No, because she she actually like grasps her belly and and gets all dizzy. And yeah,
1: I thought that was pretend.
0: I don't think so.
1: Well, I, I would, she wanted to stop uh, Leo from. Tracking down Stephen and asking him questions because Stephen had warned her not to let this happen. And so she faked a little dizzy turn and he therefore stayed with her. I think that's pretty much what happened there.
0: No, I was thinking.
1: Anyway, that wasn't the moment of the week.
0: No, no, no. James is our.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably our moment of the week.
0: Our Our boring moment of the week. Ken. (laughs) Just Ken.
1: Ken's pomposity.
0: Ken reading classic novels to rewrite Welsh Nigel's play. Boring moment.
1: Was it boring?
0: It was boring and pretentious. It's
1: not a pretentious which, moment of the week, though. Yes, but. Because pret- let's face it, we'd win that every week.
0: Pretension can be boring when it involves Ken reading classic novels oh. in order to rewrite you know what? Welsh enough. Nigel's play. Boring moment
1: of the week. The boring moment of the week. Alright, let's wrap this one up. It hasn't taken us much less time at all. Who'd have thunk it? If you would like to rewrite this podcast, then get in touch with us. We are the talk of the street at gmail.com we're at por- for are at Cod Past. Listen to me, eh? I've only been doing this <laughs> 220 times. And we're at Cory Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can shout me and Hell on the Coffee by heading to kofi.com. That's K O F I.com slash the talk of the street. Check out the clicky clicky section of vogel.co.uk for please. links to a merch store and YouTube channel. And if you're so inclined, please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes or your podcast provider of choice. Do you Th- think, Do
0: you, sorry, do you think if somebody did come and rewrite? our podcast for us would they add more sexual innuendo or would they take out sexual innuendo
1: I think they would put it in and then they would take it out (laughs) do you see what I did there yes thanks for making it to the end of another episode (laughs) we'll be back next week for more
0: talk of the street
1: talk of the street
0: bye cheers